0: Hello there, my name is Sabrina. Welcome to the Homeschooling Journey podcast. Are you a homeschooling mama? Either a first-timer, or maybe you've already been at it for years. Maybe you're just thinking about it. I want to encourage you on this journey. Tune in every week to learn hard-won wisdom, practical advice, and tips from other homeschooling moms. You can do this. and welcome back to the Homeschooling Journey podcast. With the school year winding down, now's a great time to start thinking about goals you may have for the slower days of summer. And today I want to talk about one that I recommend go to the top of your list, and that is read aloud time. If you haven't already made this a regular part of your daily routine, summer is a great time to get into the habit. I just cannot say often enough how valuable and enjoyable it is. Plenty of studies recognize the fact that the benefits of reading aloud to children are huge. And I'm not just talking about reading to little children, but to kids in grade school, middle school, and even high school. I wish I had known about this years ago in my first job teaching in a Southern California school. I had a large class of 47th grade students. And for literature, we were reading Tom Sawyer. But here's the sad part of this memory. I think I probably destroyed any love the kids would have had for that book by the way we went about it, which was to go around the room with each student taking a turn reading a page aloud. But here's the thing. A fair number of the kids were painfully slow readers. They tripped over hard words. They even tripped over easy words. They had little to no expression in their phrasing. In some cases, it was because they were recent immigrants, so English was their second language. Other students probably had learning disabilities, but that was something I knew nothing about back in those days. It was often torture for the poor kid doing the reading and almost as bad for the 39 students listening. I don't think any of us got very much out of that book. But what I know now is that I could have given the kids a completely different experience if I had read the book to them myself. A few years later, after my classroom experience, when I was blessed with children of my own, I instinctively spent hundreds of hours reading to them. With little kids, it was just so easy. They loved story time. They never wanted me to stop. Just one more, they'd beg. Well, I kept up story time as they grew older and older, and when we decided to homeschool several years later, there was no question that our delightful read-alouds would continue as part of the kids' education. It just came about naturally, without me knowing all the reasons for why it's so valuable. I just knew that we all loved it. Recently, I asked my grown kids their favorite memories of homeschooling, and each one of them brought up our read-aloud time. They even recalled particular details of scenes from their favorite books. It kind of surprised me, since I recall our read-alouds being a pretty small part of our day, maybe a half an hour or so. But over the years, all those half hours added up and clearly made a big impression on them. What I understand now is that listening to a book takes away a lot of the hard work involved in reading. It removes those so-called pressures of the print that my poor classroom students had endured when they were struggling through Tom Sawyer. Just think about all the cognitive skills that kids have to use and all at the same time when they're reading. They have to decode words by breaking them down into manageable syllables. They have to follow confusing pronunciation rules, observe punctuation marks, all the while trying to keep up with unfamiliar vocabulary words and the comprehension of the story's plot. It's a pleasure for them to just get a break each day to focus on a great story's content, its imagination, its emotion. As one young boy once expressed it, quote, I like being read to because my brain doesn't have to be so busy, end quote. I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this podcast, you're already reading aloud to your kids. But just to give you even more encouragement, here are a few tips that I've learned over many years. Number one, choose books that you and the kids really like. It makes the whole experience that much richer. Yes, there probably will be plenty of repeats, especially with little kids. But try to read them as if it's the first time, even when it isn't. Go to the library often and bring home lots of different kinds of books. Choose plenty of favorites, but always add some new ones, too. Over the years, your favorites will just keep growing, and your kids will develop a lifelong love for good books. And this is one of the most important tools we can give them. Number two, pick a reading time that works well for everyone. A time when you'll have a captive audience. Maybe at bedtime when everyone is relaxed, or else during a meal when everyone's at the table and the mouths are full. We used to read after lunchtime when the baby went down for a nap, although I must admit on a warm afternoon, my words were known to slur as I fought off sleep. So maybe plan to have that cup of coffee handy. Number three, use your body to read, not just your eyes. Look up. This is so important in this head-turned-downward society. Make eye contact with, with your kids when you're reading. Make the book come alive. This is particularly important with young kids. Laugh along with them as one thing leads to another in When You Give the Mouse a Cookie. Shake your scolding finger when the doctor says, No more monkeys jumping on the bed shake your head in disbelief when the cat in the hat shows up at sally and her brother's house when her mother's away their mother's away and makes a mess of things even after he tells the kids i know it is wet and the sun is not sunny but we can have lots of good fun that is funny show emotion when the story is sad like at the end of charlotte's web where it says "wilbur never forgot charlotte" Although he loved her children and grandchildren dearly, none of the new spiders ever quite took her place in his heart. She was in a class by herself. It is not often that someone comes along who is a true friend and a good writer. Charlotte was both. End quote. These words still move me, even though I've probably read the book a dozen times. Well known children's author. Kate DeMillo grew up in a read aloud family. Look up her very funny Mercy Watson series of first chapter books. This is how she described a memory of her mother reading one of Beverly Cleary's hilarious Ribsy books. She wrote, My mother, always prone to laughter, laughed so hard she cried. It was the first time I had seen such a thing. I hadn't known that you could engage in both activities at the same time. I was transported by the story, but even more, I was moved by seeing my mother so undone, so human, so herself. I laughed at her laughing, and she looked down at me and laughed at my laughing, and my brother laughed at both of us laughing, and Nanette the dog raised her head off the floor to stare at all of us laughing together. It was a wondrous thing. It was almost like we were getting to know one another better, more deeply, through the story, end quote. And I really like that last line. What an amazing tribute she wrote to a mother who simply enjoyed books with her children. These are the kind of memories we want to create with our kids. Number four, slow down. Practice the art of not rushing through a book. This is not a contest to get through the most books possible. Slow down the emotions. Slow down the suspense. Slow down the endings. Ask questions, but not too many. Instead, pause often so your kids will ask questions or just give their own impressions. Remember, they're learning the skill of listening well when you read well. Make space for the words to come alive and shine. And just to wrap up, let me leave you with a few words that shine. These are a couple passages from books that I just love. And I want to just leave you with a couple quotes. Again, from Charlotte's Web. And this is so beautiful about friendship. Wilbur asked, why did you do all this for me? I don't deserve it. I've never done anything for you. "'You have been my friend,' replied Charlotte. "'That in itself is a tremendous thing.'" And then from Little House on the Prairie, and this is a beautiful lesson on contentment, Laura thought to herself, "'This is now.'" She was glad that the cozy house and Pa and Ma and the firelight and the music were now. They could not be forgotten, she thought, because now is now it can never be a long time ago and the third one is from the lord of the rings and this is ah uh, re- regarding rising to a challenge said frodo i wish it need not have happened in my time so do i said gandalf and so do all who live to see such times but that is not for them to decide All we have to do is decide what to do with the time that is given us. Such beautiful words. So this summer, head to the library often. Savor the beauty and power of great stories with your favorite people. You'll be conveying your love, both for books and for your kids. And you'll create those precious moments of connection. If you need a good book list to get started, uh, 1,000 Good Books is a very good list, and it's arranged according to children's ages, and I'll link it in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening today, and if you found this helpful, please pass it along to a friend. Talk to you next time.